0: Welcome, and thank you for listening to the John Burt Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to ignite the leader within. This podcast is all about having conversations to help leaders tap their inner core and find their core purpose as leaders. In each episode, I discuss leadership principles I've learned from 36 years of leading organizations and coaching clients through growth and change, and interviewing incredible leaders that are inspiring their organizations and communities today. I was a management consultant for many years, and now I coach clients on leadership, culture, and talent because I firmly believe that that is where I can make a real difference and influence the passion and performance of leaders and the day-to-day experience of individual contributors in organizations. In this series called Intelligent Leadership, I interviewed John Matone, the founder of Intelligent Leadership, and one of the world's renowned executive coaches. We'll be discussing the 12 principles of Intelligent Leadership. Intelligent Leadership is a philosophy I follow in my coaching practice, and one that has produced significant results for my clients. My guest, John Matone, is the world's top executive coach, a best-selling author, and the founder of four exceptional coaching and leadership development companies. John is the pioneer of Intelligent Leadership, a transformative, results-oriented leadership growth philosophy and process that ignites, cultivates, and polishes an individual's heart, mind, and soul in support of creating an exceptional leadership and cultural capability in an organization. I know you'll enjoy this podcast series with John Matone, so let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the John Burt Leadership Podcast. I'm here with my guest, the world's top leadership coach, John Matone. Welcome, John. Great to be here, JB. Thank you. I am so thrilled to have you here. It's such an honor. John, we're talking about intelligent leadership and how to ignite the leader within. Now you've defined these twelve tenets of intelligent leadership, which we this is the third uh, session that we've had. We've already done a couple, so for those listeners who are uh, listening in on this one, if you haven't caught the first two, go back and take a listen to those because I think that's uh, in total. I think you're really gonna. It's a very powerful um, uh, series of of podcasts we're doing here. So this third tenet, I think this is really an interesting one, John. And the tenet is successful executives and organizations demand ROI—that's return on investment from Executive Coaching, Leadership Development, and Cultural Transformation Executives. Get, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that.
1: Well, um, you know, and I and I said this in an earlier podcast, JB, that, uh, you know, I'm very, very thankful uh, that when I went to grad school many, many years ago, we're going back a long time, JB, um, the field of industrial organizational psychology really taught me a lot around the importance of measurement and to do your due diligence and how to build assessments and validate assessments. I mean, that's basically the world of biopsychology, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I I took that discipline from graduate school, you know, into my career. Um, And I I really didn't know. I really didn't, uh, you know, uh, years ago when I relaunched my business uh, 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 back in 2010 that um you know this 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 focus on measurement would have such a, a powerful play you know in the work that that you and I do, you know, mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. does like big time mm-hmm. uh, and we talked about you know the, this this tenet of prescription before diagnosis is malpractice uh in an earlier podcast that's measurement, and lo and behold, um I realized years ago, that nobody's going to hire me (laughs) as a coach, unless I can have some way of measuring impact, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, but I also knew that I didn't want to have clients repeat the 360 survey uh, again, you know, because it's a lot of work. And, and once, once you've captured perception using 360, you're not going to do it again, you know, in another three months or so and so forth. I, I just created a very simple way of reaching back out to stakeholders. Uh, we, we ended up, as you know this, right, we have a proprietary instrument, ILEC, that enables our coaches to be able to measure impact uh, at, at intervals, typically three-month intervals, and to pro- provide anonymous feedback back to our clients where they can get some degree of calibration on boy, this is great. You know, I, I've, I've, I've created an individual leadership development plan with my coach. It's three months later. I've been working on my plan with my coach and I think I've been moving the needle, but I really don't know. Right. right Unless right. I get some perspective. And so there it is. Um, and and listen, when I created the tool uh, and and years ago, it wasn't online. It was paper and pencil. <laughs> we used to have paper and pencil, uh, you know, sending these things out, um, and uh, but guess what? Uh, what I learned was the coaching that we do in ILEC, the what we call journey—six month, nine month, twelve month. Um, we we always have impact, always, hundred percent of the time, hundred mm-hmm. percent of the time. We've never not had impact right if an executive coaching journey is less than 6 months and so here's the thing um this is years ago you know before before ILEC. um my my business doubled tripled quadrupled when it, when i started to introduce this roi instrument there you go yeah. well it is
0: organizational leaders business leaders especially right um today are obsessed with ROI uh, and it's been that way for, for many years. But, you know, you, you talk to leaders yep. today yep. and they're all about results. They are expected to produce results and they expect the people who work for them to produce results. So when when people come to me as a coach and they say, well, what kind of ROI are you can, you, you know, can you offer me or can you guarantee me yep. as part of this coaching journey? Because there's a, there's a lot of literature out there, John, that says oh, that coaching is, you know, there's there's, uh, you know, whether or not it does or it doesn't provide the the uh, the the impact. I think there's better research today that sure. shows that it does, but it's just that, you know, we, we, as coaches um, and just as, as somebody who's offering something to business leaders, you need to understand how their mind works. And they're trying to think about the results that you're going to produce for the amount of time and money and energy they're going to put into it, whether it be themselves or whether or not that be, they're doing it for their team through the kind of the cultural assessments culture work exactly. that we do. doing. They're all about, trying to think about tell me what results i'm going to get for this john and if you can if you can give me some surety around the results um i'm i'm much one step closer maybe a couple of step closer to having you come in and do this work for me you know and i kind of want to come back to the studies right we we, yeah. we talked about these studies i mean we're we're talking about studies that are showing between 10 and 50 x you know return on on coaching journey the, the coaching work that we do i mean that's amazing and it, i think that the the spread to me when I look at the the details is all about how much effort people are putting into it. You know, if if you're going to do a six month journey or a nine month journey, which is kind of our our sweet spot to to go through all of the different discovery work that we do. But if you can get to, you know, six month journey, um, the you know 100 of my clients are 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 pr- getting positive results from their from their stakeholder reviews yeah. the lead, the leader watch JB and- how
1: do you exactly and how do you how do you fight that uh, in in fact uh, I don't ever remember a prospect that that I've met with you know when we present the data um, fight it. You know, it's like this is absolutely. And here's the thing: I mean, if you if you look at the work that's been done uh, by Sherpa, you know, the the, the coaching organization mm-hmm, Sherpa, mm-hmm. and obviously ICF does all kinds of research studies. JB, uh, I think yeah. the latest one that I saw was about a year ago. Only twenty percent of executive coaches in the world measure their impact. Wow. Yeah. Right. And they sit there and they say, why am I not getting business? Well, I have an answer. That's one reason right there. You know, so, uh, you know, and, and then culture. I mean, I mean you think about, uh, you know, coming out of the pandemic here, organizations definitely need to uh, get their arms around is our culture, what, what, how strong is our culture? How weak is it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, right, we, we've got tools uh, mm-hmm. to help them calibrate and measure the strength and vibrancy of their culture, right? Yeah. And then we yeah. work with them to improve it. But ultimately, right, in the end, uh, we, we've got to repeat that survey. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and we have a particular survey that we use uh, and how important that is, um, you know, uh, 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 so, uh, you, you know, th- this, this whole area, uh, you know, for, for us as coaches uh, is a differentiator. There's no question yeah. about it.
0: Yeah, John, one of the, one of the uh, studies that was done a couple of years back now, um, which talked about like, when is coaching successful? Yes. And, uh, and I really think that, you know, when it, for those of those individuals who are out looking for coaches right now, cause I, I get the fact that, that executives are still skeptical of this area, but one of the, the, the key factors that they see is experience. And, and, and so not so much as a coach, of course, coaching, you know, experience as a coach, but also experience in the field of business, um, you know, it's, if, I don't need to be at, I don't need to go to a Tiger Woods, but I need, if I'm hiring a golf coach, but I do want to have somebody who understands the game, right? And has, and has played, you know, maybe has somebody who's been at the PGA level to be able to, to, to coach me. And the similar, when you're, when you're looking for a business coach or an organizational corporate leadership coach, you want somebody who's kind of got the, the, uh, the dents and the dings from having been a leader in their own right to provide that coaching to you. So I get that that people are still s- s- skeptical. Um, look for the measurements that you talked about, which is you know a, a way of you know if you, if you're proud of your product, right? If you're proud of your service, yeah. you have no pro- you have no problem measuring it um, because you know the results are going to come out and come back in a positive way. Um, you know, so I, I also think that uh, something my my um, one of my good friends t- you know taught me years ago, and that is you need to be willing to invest in yourself, right? Um, yeah. Leadership coaching is, you know, when you look at it, you kind of go, oh, my God, that is that's kind of expensive. But, you know, you think about the the return that is going to bring you and whether or not you want to invest Morbals. in that for yourself. It, it, it's kind of a no brainer. And and I I found that, you know, in as 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 a repeating um, element of my life is that the more I invest in myself, the more return I get in the in the work and the
1: performance that I've got. Well, think about the world of of athletics, Um and there, you know, there is not, uh, if you look at the world of professional athletics, it doesn't matter the sport, every professional athlete is surrounded by multiple coaches.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a strength coach, you got a coach for your diet, you got a coach for, you know, um, you know your weight training. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No, that, that's, that's very true. So, so John, um, I think that, um, you know, we, you mentioned the, the intelligent leadership. We've got a number of different, um, assessments that we've developed, uh, the, the, Leader leader watches, the survey that, that I use, you, we, you, we use for, for leaders through these coaching journeys, um, which helps the, the stakeholders, the stakeholder group that the leader has, has developed around them exactly. a way to weigh in on the progress that they're making. And exactly, you know, um, Ninety-eight percent, or um, maybe it's a hundred percent, have at least given a, a moderate to significant improvement um, in their in the in the coaching when you when you go through a six-month or, or more journey. So if you're trying to do it in a couple of sessions, you probably have some some improvement, but maybe not the the scale of improvement that that you would hope for if you you take a slightly longer approach. Um, we do have um, assessments for culture. Right. The, the five culture of culture assessment, um, which will give uh, um, leaders and organizations an indication of of the health and the vibrancy of their of their company or their organizational culture. Exactly. And then there's a, um, a cultural transformation readiness assessment uh, that we've developed for the leadership teams right? for the for the leaders. Are you ready? You know, because the leaders have a, an important role in in our six step process for Cultural improvement. If the leaders aren't on board and they're not driving the change, you're not going to get much change. So the the leadership has to be ready for this change as well. So we've we've got we built these tools because we recognize that this is where a lot of executives get stuck. They want to see the improvement. They want to they want to see data. They want to see numbers that will help to validate the the direction that they're headed.
1: JB, we're, and you, you, listen, yeah, very well said. And 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 listen, uh, we are definitely data oriented. Um, your, your point around, um, you know, uh, helping an organization calibrate their culture. Um, we, we do have uh, the five cultures of culture. And uh, that that really uh, came out of my work uh, in the mid 2000. Uh, like uh, uh, it was two, 2015, 2016. And I wrote a book on cultural transformations and alongside that uh, is when I created the five cultures of culture and also discovered, oh, by the way, that there are five cultures that make up a culture, you know, and um, those cultures are also engines. They're leading indicators in a business. And Mm -hmm. if you're really, really smart as an organization, when you really think about it, think of the ultimate leading indicators in your business, you know, everybody gets excited about their product or their service and how their product and service is differentiated from their competition. And oh, by the way, they have, there's a market for that product or service. But in the end, ultimately, the biggest predictor of sustained operating success is how strong your leadership is. Number one. Number two, do you have the right talent on board? Right. And number three, Do you have a culture that supports your operating imperative? Right. And and you know this from your your work, JB, how many companies and they talk to you about this. Right. JB, how do I how do I create a culture? And immediately they start to think I got to go to Disney. Right. I got to I got to fly down to Disney World, learn what they do. And I'm going to take that culture. Right. And I'm going to put it in my company. (laughs) And uh, that's the worst mistake that you can do. Because it's just, it's right. It's like your fingerprint. It's very, very unique. And so this is the stuff that uh, gets me really, really excited. And I know gets you excited as well about the work that we do. Um, Your point about culture transformation, very well said, because guess what? You know, if if a client works with us and and we share the five CCA data, now the question is, okay, what are we going to do with the data? Right. Mm -hmm. So if Mm -hmm. you're a senior executive team and the CTRA assessment comes back and it says, listen, uh, really, you don't have the readiness to take this data and do something with it. That's important to know. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a combination of, listen, we're going to diagnose your culture and we're going to measure. Do you have the readiness to take this data and do something with it? Um, Priceless, absolutely priceless to have that data and do something with it.
0: Yeah. And you know we we know from from what we hear in the press as well as the studies these days that you know culture is a big issue for a lot of companies right now with the great resignation many oh, yeah. many individuals um, 70 million I think in 2021 70 million people left their jobs um, and that toxic a toxic culture is 10 times more likely to have people leave an organization than salary or compensation. So a lot of HR departments tend to measure whether or not they're competitive, they do a lot of benchmarking yeah. on yeah, salaries true. with other other organizations to say, "Hey, we do we have the right package of things? Are we offering the same number of days off? Do we have a you know a, you know how many perks? How much training do we you know?" So we have all these different things that they measure themselves on, but they don't measure and they don't compare cultures. Well, guess what? Employees are doing just that. They're comparing cultures. They're talking amongst the. There's many of these sites out there right now where people are trying to figure out what's the culture really like over at XYZ. And, and they talk to their friends and and they look on the web and they try to figure out well what what's it all about to see if that's a, a better culture than the one that they're they're leaving from. So the the work I'm doing with clients today is nice. that I, I know there are executives who are worried about this and oh, want yeah. to do something to improve the culture. and it's and it's probably more um, prevalent than I think I've ever seen it in my 36 years of, of experience that that companies are taking this really serious.
1: I'm tracking with you 100%. I'm with, I'm with you 100%. There's no question the pandemic has intensified the need for organizations to, uh, to be, be proud uh, mm-hmm. of raising their hands and saying, we need help here um, because um, we don't have our finger on the pulse. And, J.B., here's the other really interesting thing about culture. You know, a lot of organizations out there will say, nah, I don't need your culture stuff. You know why? We measure engagement. Well, you know what's really interesting about engagement? Engagement and culture are, are related, but they are different. The, there have been, Absolutely. And yeah. you know this, right, from your experience. There are many, many engagement surveys that can actually show positive results. Mm-hmm. It's almost like an iceberg, right? So when you look at the the tip of the iceberg, that's engagement. So you can see uh, in an episodic way, episodic, you, you you can you can actually get engagement scores that are pretty good, but underneath, lurking, mm-hmm. could could be a very very toxic, destructive culture. It's like that bad cholesterol that we talked about in the other episode, right? It hasn't emerged yet, right? That bad that bad, uh, that bad cholesterol. So, you know, we in in the work that we do sort of talk about an algorithm that um, listen, it's, it's your culture that drives engagement and Mm -hmm. ultimately, right. It's the engagement that's going to ignite um, the kinds of um, beliefs and attitudes and behaviors that are in support of moving your business forward. Um, so I'm glad we've talked about it here in this episode. How important it is that organizations out there that are looking to partner with coaches and and and, and whether it's leadership coaching or hey we need help on culture. You um, you and I believe ILC has the tools to be able to provide that data that deep data and have the ability to do something with that data in partnership with the client
0: yeah well John thank you so much this has been a fascinating um, episode uh, within the series I that we're will. doing and I'm sure that we probably could have broken this down and done a couple of different uh, elements around um, around this particular topic uh, but but it's been great talking to you so far I'm looking forward to our next uh, our next episode so thank you again John I appreciate it
1: I, I'm enjoying it, JB thank you so much all right bye for now Bye-bye.
0: Leaders, what another incredible podcast episode with John Matone uh, talking about intelligent leadership. Uh, If you found this episode enlightening and you would like to learn more about how to get ROI from your executive coaching and your leadership uh, leadership development and cultural transformation initiatives, please visit my website at johnbert.intelligentleadershipec.com or email me at jbert at I'll also put this information in the notes uh, for this podcast episode. And I welcome you back uh, to our next episode, episode number four, where we're going to continue our conversation and talk about uh, a leader's uh, ability to think differently and think big. So that's up next.